So it's all good. Let's start the episode. Ew. My face. <laughs> I feel like my face was really weird when I did that. <laughs> Let's start. I did the chin. I laid I led with my chin. The episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuck. Fuck. All right. What's up, guys? Why are you so mad? It's episode 70. That's why you're mad? No, I don't know why I'm mad. I'm always, sometimes I'm just mad. Oh, I know why I'm mad. I'm menstrual raging right now. Oh, fair. Just tell the whole world, because I don't give a fuck. Just so y'all know I'm fertile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Amanda. Are we... Wait, is, is this really the entrance? I guess so. Well, <laughs> I'm Christina. Sweet. I was like, I was going to introduce myself so we could keep just ro- like rolling through. And then I was like, wait, it's fine. Did I'm you want to redo it? That's Amanda. <laughs> What's up? How's What's everybody's up? day? <laughs> hey, this is, I'm sorry, what the podcast. Oh, good job, Amanda. Wait to let, oh. let the people know. You're welcome. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you said thank you. I don't think you did, but you're no, welcome. I was really anyway. angry when I said it. No, we're good. <laughs> Uh, what's up? How you doing? Good. Sweet. <laughs> is this our first time ever starting I, an episode? Every time is our, it's like every time is our first time. Like a virgin <sighs> touched for the very first, first time. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> anyway. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. I cannot complain. Um, I have a funny story for you, and I Ooh. feel like we need to it's, share it because it, it goes with our, like, what episode was it where we discussed our lady doctor appointment? Oh, I I couldn't like, tell you what number, but I like, know we did. It was like five or six episodes ago, I think. So on Thursday, I had my lady doctor appointment, and I'm there, feet up in the stirrups, like raring to go. Well, not raring to go. That came out Whoa, weird, but hey. you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. Let's get this done. Speculum's in. Jesus. Ready to go. And she goes, oh, shoot. I forgot the swab because you got to do like the HPV swab. So you just sat there? So she had to get up, leave the room. And I'm fucking, if Speculum had balls, it'd be balls deep. And I'm like, cool, just hang out. (laughs) Balls deep and four clicks in. All the ladies will understand. Yes. And I'm like, I'll just hang out. No big deal. And then it's been my doctor for like ever. So she opens the door back up. I'm like, that better be you. (laughs) So then we get all done. Because if it's not, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. <laughs> There's nothing I can do, but it just better be you. <laughs> so then it's, <laughs> we get all done. And she's like, okay, you could get um, get dressed and everything like that. So she leaves the room. And, you know, they use an excessive amount of lube, which is appreciated. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I get up and there's no paper towels in the paper towel dispenser. <laughs> here clean up so i'm like so i'm like standing in the room like john travolta in that gif when he's got his coat on he's like like, looking uh, around so i'm like uh. standing my ass is wide open in that hospital gown and i'm like (laughs) awesome so i just get dressed and then i'm riding home and i'm like this is so uncomfortable (laughs) there's there's so much fluid in my underpants (laughs) this is so all the guys have stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> now that they're gone, let's get in the real gritty details. <laughs> and then I get home and my dad is home and he's and I'm like walking weird. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I gotta take a shower. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened at the doctor? <laughs> you dying? Yeah. Cool. So that was my that was my fun doctor's appointment. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like uh, I knew you'd appreciate that well it's just so relatable <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what I what I, am I supposed to do <laughs> and there's no papers to clean myself off <laughs> <laughs> oh shit 
what what a what a life you lead so what was your week (laughs) oh it was fine i went to the chiropractor turns out i'm a hot mess well i already knew that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you had to snap crackle and pop amanda he didn't he didn't do anything yet it was just the it was the um consultation and then he took x-rays to make sure that he could do stuff that it wasn't something more than then now he's gonna snap crackle and pop you yep so then tuesday it's gonna be going over the uh uh-huh we're going over the x-ray and he's gonna do a general adjustment and then we kind of like go from there and how he wants to like how we need to go about fixing things so i don't have migraines and back pain and hip pain and poop issues anymore and reflux apparently that's a thing too yep, it is i was like oh well that makes sense i thought i had more back pain the other day and i think i just had really bad indigestion because mm-hmm. it hurt to breathe and to swallow and to like move and i thought yeah. i had back pain new back pain and it wasn't i took a bunch of tums and an ibuprofen and i was like golden yeah when i was having my migraines um and they it was because of my neck when i went to the neurologist he was like, you would be surprised at how many, how much physical issues and, and like, like physical health issues that can come up because of muscles or like the vertebrae or issues with your back being out of alignment mm-hmm. or your neck being like, cause like all of the main muscles of your head are connected to your back and mm-hmm. so you can have like issues in your lower back and it's just eventually travels up to now you have migraines. Mm-hmm. because of all the issues going down the down the pipe right I just thought it was so funny because he's like doing his little vertebrae check you know pushing back and forth seeing how all the vertebrae are moving he's like mm-hmm. oh there's some swelling here I'm like yep that's where my back pain is like exactly where it is I'm like yeah. oh, cool he goes do you ever have issues with <laughs> I told you this do you yeah. ever have issues with constipation or I or uh, irritable bowel and I was like um I'm either one or the other so yeah and he goes yep it's probably caused by whatever's happening right here we'll check that when we do the x-ray mm-hmm. and then he's going up and he gets up to my neck and he like jumps back with his hands and then goes in really gentle he goes okay so you get migraines right and I was like <laughs> yeah and he just goes because I'm not gonna push anymore here because I don't want to trigger anything but you are so shifted to the left I can guarantee that that's why you have migraines what side do you have them on I'm like right and he goes exactly it pulls yeah. to the left so it hurts the right of your head and I was like oh my gosh it makes so much sense and he goes yeah and do you get indigestion I'm like lately it's been terrible <laughs> and he's just like that's caused by that too I'm like wow you're like a magician your neck is fucked up right <laughs> And then he kept asking, are you sure you haven't been in like an accident or something? I'm like, I mean, nothing serious. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think I'd remember that. And then, and then one time he asked, did you fall on your head or anything? Like, excuse you? And he just laughed at me. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> excuse you? <laughs> but yeah, so that was really interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, you got shit to do. Should we start this story? Yeah, I got to go. I'm herded. Um, I whip my herd back and forth. Oh, it's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Start yeah. your story. You got something good for me today? I do. I'm I'm starting this off, not to be a spoiler alert, but just because I've had like three dark stories in a row and I don't want people to get depressed. Um, this is kind of dark, but <laughs> just keep in the back of your mind. It's a survivor story. You're... you're- <laughs> you're wanting to like lead off so people aren't like oh fucking a she's gonna tell another story god damn it nielsen <laughs> you ruined my day every time so just keep every time i say something terrible just remember it's a survivor story <laughs> things will be okay yeah. ish <laughs> okay so january of 2000 um 18 year old dan zapp uh, traveled to York County, Pennsylvania, and is, was going to spend his winter vacation from Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh with Danielle Keener, who is also 18. Um, they had been talking uh, on the internet, probably through MySpace, um, for like <laughs> the past four months. And they had gone on a first date and they just really enjoyed it. So he was going to spend his winter vacation there. And they planned a second date to basically just go for a walk outside um to get to know each other better and talk along the Susquehanna River okay so they were walking along the river 
and a man driving a red pickup truck pulled up on the side of the road next to them and started talking to the couple. Um, at first, Dan and Danielle thought that he was just being friendly, but then he started to kind of become erratic and slurring his words and asking them like the same questions over and over again. Uh, he wanted them to get in the car, asked them if they needed a ride. And they were both like, no, dude, we're good. And he finally drove off. Okay. Okay. So they continued walking, but then all of a sudden the man turned his truck around and he drove up next to them, like up onto where they were walking and like blocked the path. And he got out with his, with a nine millimeter gun and pointed at the pair. And then they like froze, obviously like fuckers got a gun on me. Can you fucking imagine? I know. Like, like, holy shit. Yeah. And he, they were like, we'll give you whatever you want. Like, just, do you want our money? Do you want our wallets? Like, what do you want? We'll give it to you. And the, he made them get into the truck. And they, he forced Dan to get in the back of the truck where there was a large Rottweiler uh waiting it to make sure basically he didn't escape he like put it on mm-hmm. guard and then he forced danielle to climb into the front seat with him and then started driving uh danielle said it felt like they were driving forever and the whole time he was driving they were um he was just ranting and raving just like about everything um and just acting like in general like crazy um mm-hmm. She said over and over again, whatever you want us to do, we'll do. Just please just let us go. Uh, He eventually, like, turned off onto, like, a deserted, like, dirt road by the river. Um, At this point, he made them both get out of the truck. And then he started pacing back and forth with the gun in his hand. Um, He And then to emphasize the points he was making, he would shoot the gun into the river. And they were like standing by the river. So it was like he was shooting over their shoulder. So like, for example, he was like, I don't know what to do. He'd shoot the gun. Bam. You guys have seen my face. What am I going to do with you guys? Bam. And shoot the gun. Okay. Um, And Danielle remembered thinking like, okay, what do we, we have to do something to calm this guy down. Like he's insane. Um, Eventually he told Dan back danielle to get back into the front of the truck and he got had dan get in the back with the dog again okay and then he climbed into the front of the truck slid really close to her and said so you said you'd do anything right oh god and danielle knew then that he intended to rape her mm-hmm. uh so he actually raped her several times um and it's it's sad because dan was in the back with the dog and he was when he was back there he didn't it was dark or no it wasn't dark but like the windshield the window in the back of the truck was dark so he mm-hmm. couldn't like see in very clearly so okay. he could see them moving oh he was like in the bed of the truck right i was imagining like the back seat of a like cab of the truck no he was in like the bed of the truck okay so he could he could see them moving but like he didn't and he could hear sounds but he didn't really know sure what was going on okay but he also didn't want to try to escape because he was afraid that he would kill danielle right and then danielle was like i don't want to fight him because i'm afraid he'll kill dan so mm-hmm. like when they're both telling the story their their thought processes were i don't want to do anything that'll make him kill the other person right which makes sense i mean and that's exactly what i think anybody would do right um so once he was done like raping her he made them both climb out of the truck again and then when he finished he like forced them down to the edge of the river pointing at them with a gun and so danielle remembered praying that he had gotten what he'd wanted from her and he was going to let them go Mm -hmm. Uh, and she was looking down and at her feet and she heard a gun go off twice and then dan fell down in front of her like on her feet no and there was blood coming out of his mouth and her next thought was that if dan had gotten shot she was going to get shot so she like kneeled down next to him and was like i love you i love you and then she everything went black oh oh my gosh okay so 
She said she didn't remember feeling any pain, just a lot of pressure in her head. And the next thing she remembered was waking up in the river and it was winter. Mm. Um, so she felt things like she felt like there were rocks in her mouth and she was spitting it out as she woke up in the river, like floating in the river. Um, she said that in that moment, she had prayed with more faith than she had ever had in her whole life. Um, she remembered looking around and seeing Dan floating and thinking that he has to be alive. So she had to get to him. So she swam to him and then like, they just grabbed onto each other and she looked backwards towards the shore where the guy was just standing with the gun watching them. And Dan told her to play dead and let the river float them down away from him. So he'll leave. And that's what they did. And he eventually, they saw him like, as they were floating down river, get back into the truck and drive away. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, okay. um, Danielle said she, if she had not been with Dan, she probably would have tried to get out of the river mm-hmm. and that probably, he probably would have killed her then. Right. Um, and so Dan, the kidnapper had actually shot them both in the face and then kept shooting until he ran out of bullets. Uh, the man kicked both of the bodies into the river and watched them as they got carried away by the current thinking that they were dead. And then he got in his truck and took off. Was she spitting out her teeth? Yes. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I just was thinking rocks in her mouth, shot in the face. Oh, fucking A. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy, so, holy balls. Both Dan and Danielle should have been dead after being shot in the face. Mm-hmm. But they had both were both miraculously alive. And the freezing waters actually helped slow their hearts which slowed the blood in the veins and kept them from bleeding out from the gunshot wounds. Wow. Talk about someone intervening. Let's say that. Um, So the pair drifted down the river for almost a couple hundred yards before they crossed paths with a duck hunter um, by the name of Pete Powell. Um, So Pete was sitting in his truck. He looked upstream and saw two objects floating in the river. And once he realized it was people, he walked into the shallows and grabbed them and dragged them to shore. And it wasn't until he got a better look at them that he like saw the extent of their injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, at that, by that point, neither one of them could talk. They were both shaking violently and Dan had started to bleed very badly. Right. Uh, he was actually choking on blood. Um, and he, she, and Pete thought he's like, I'll, they'll be lucky if they could make it. So he called 911. The, um, district attorney who ended up trying this case the fact that it had occurred near water it basically saved their lives because it slowed them down it allowed them to escape it it like like it was a trifecta of all of these things that the fact that someone was only a couple hundred yards down the river and able to like pull them out and call 911 right just all of these things kind of came into a factor yeah so once at the hospital, um, a team of doctors started treating Danielle. The team had to see what kind of damage she sustained from the gunshots. Uh, so she, once they got her stable, they took her an MRI and found out that her tongue had been cut and part of her jaw had been blown to pieces. The doctor said that on the x-ray, the bones were so shattered that it looked like Rice Krispies, like the Rice Krispie cereal. Oh, like just little bits. Yes. Uh, she had tremendous facial swelling. Uh, and her head and face were almost the size of a bowling ball. Holy balls. Okay. So to keep her stable, they had to actually put her into an induced coma. Yeah. So the other team of doctors and nurses were now working to treat Dan. The team discovered that a bullet had torn through his windpipe and they were afraid that bone fragments would cut an artery and were actually surprised that it hadn't already. It had to be like a millimeter away because yeah. there's so much going on in your neck. Wow. And so they were worried, a worry, a little bit. We're worried about like blood clots and then a stroke because of it of the damaged arteries that could happen. So yeah. the police, who are obviously were at the hospital, were trying to figure out like what the fuck happened and and how this happened. So everyone was super shocked and angry. Um, the police were motivated to. Um, get the guy and there was actually quite an undertaking because there was so much area and so much riverfront to cover because they didn't know where they had started off 
mm. because they were both being treated. Right. And so they basically just started from where the duck hunter found them. And then we're walking like shoulder to shoulder, looking down at the ground until they found a large pool of blood on the riverbank. And they they didn't know what side of the river they went in on either. So it was on both sides of the river. Right. Doing this. Wild. And then they found on the on the edge shell casings from a nine millimeter handgun. Detective Doug Demagon um, from the Northeast Regional Police Department was assigned to go to the hospital. Danielle was already in a medically induced coma. Uh, and even though Dan's injuries were serious, they were able to stabilize him enough for police to question him. Um, uh, the detective said that he was in so much pain and that any kind of movement he would make was very painful for him, but he was eager to help the police. Um, because he was unable to speak, uh, they gave him a notepad from the hospital and a pen, and he wrote a de detailed statement about what exactly had happened to them earlier that day. It's like a page and a half long. Wow. And he says, white male, 35 to 45 years of age, blonde hair, very drunk. He had a brown hat, blue jeans, black Nike high top sneakers. He described the weapon as a black semi-automatic pistol. The dog, of course, is a black Rottweiler named Sam. Uh, he was able to provide information about the vehicle as being a beat up red pickup truck with a white or gray cap. He described items in the back to include a toolbox and an aluminum baseball bat. Um, he was a very violent person with some knowledge of the area and the dog. Wow. He like remembered a lot for having such trauma. Like, yeah. wow. Um, wow. So based on that description, police started talking to people in the area and everyone kept naming the same man, William Babner. Uh, so they started talking with local investigators um, his record entailed run-ins with police involving alcohol, domestic violence, and altercations between himself and others, and he had a Rottweiler. So it was decided that a photo lineup would be constructed to include a photograph of him. Mm -hmm. They took a photo lineup to Dan, and uh, the detective said, as I set his picture down, his, one of his eyes was swollen shut, and the other eye, the pupil dilated, and he started slamming his hand on the picture. And he said, Dan, is this the man? And he hit the picture and he said, are you sure it's him? And he just kept hitting that picture saying, yes, this was him. This is him. Oh, wow. Um, and the cop looked at him and said, we're going to go get him. And so um, during this time, Danielle was in a coma. And when she had come out of it, she said she had one hallucination after another. Um, they aren't quite sure if it was the pain meds or the trauma to her brain. Or mm -hmm. so when she was in a coma, it was not peaceful. Right. Um she was flipping out basically the nurses had to come in repeatedly and sedate her in this coma uh, at one point she kept, said she was seeing bloody images everywhere saw a woman hanging with blood running down her face like and her Jeez. father who was in the room with her said she would be relaxed for 10 or 15 minutes and then she would wake up and would be pointing at some area in the room um and even though she was in a coma they would give her paper to write because they thought that she was trying to say something and she would just draw papers of floating or draw like floating bodies and bloody faces that's creepy as hell mm -hmm. um the detective notified everyone that they had a positive id on the suspect and but they couldn't find where he was um they had no idea where they had spent 48 hours trying to find him and the detective said we had finally said okay we need to just call it in for the day everybody needs to go home and get some sleep and we'll figure it out he's like i got home was just about to lay down and I got a call from one of my sergeants going, we found the truck. You got to get here. They're like, all right, here I come. Here we go. Um, so captain Roland Camancho of the York police department, um, basically had a phone call saying we found the truck and they activated the quick response team, which was basically their version of SWAT because he was a, he was a very violent one. They didn't person. They didn't know what his mental state was Right. They knew that in his household, there was a girlfriend and a child. So they weren't sure they didn't want to take a chance that he would hurt them or that he would throw the guns away or, you know, they didn't want him to, they just wanted to get him and be as clean about it as possible. Right. So when they discovered that he was staying at his girlfriend's house, um, they, it was about midnight when they arrived and they set up. But and there were snipers set up in like houses around them. A, around eight in the morning, 
the girlfriend they knew that his the child would get on the school bus so they waited until they set up around midnight and they waited until eight in the morning when the kid they saw the kid leave the school or leave the house get on the school bus and once the school bus was down the street they moved in okay there you go Um, one less one less uh possible person in the house right and they moved in and it like they just they like mowed down the front door and just were like oh yeah get the fuck on the ground like there was no (laughs) there was no trying to talk about it we're just gonna fucking do it because otherwise there will be issues so he was immediately basically just thrown on the floor and cuffed um During the search warrant, all the stuff that Dan had seen and listed was found. They found the black Nike high top sneakers, blue jeans, his shirt, the hat, as well as the firearm, and Sam the dog, just as Sam, as Dan described him. Well, there it um, is. The mere fact that he could recall those details um, was very surprising because of the trauma to his head and the just the overall trauma of what happened to him. Right. The doctors were even very surprised that he could recall all of that information. Um, so he was immediately arrested and, you know, booked with no bail or anything like that. Right. So while Danielle was still in the induced coma, they sewed her tongue back up. Okay. Her jaw had been shattered. So they added a plate into her jaw. So when she woke up, she still had a tracheotomy and a tube coming out of her throat and her stomach. Um, when she woke, her head and face were still swollen. Her jaw was wired shut. Um, the first thing she saw was the picture that she and Dan had taken by her car on their first date. Um, she remembered watching Dan walk out of the river, but didn't know what happened to him since then. And she had this horrible feeling that she had, he had died. And so she kept asking her family, where was Dan? And she wouldn't call him down. Like they, she didn't believe them almost, um, so Dan finally wrote in a note, I love you and I'm okay. Oh. And after that, she knew he was alive. Well, shit. <laughs> I know. So um, Dan didn't really understand or it's funny. He could remember all of those details, but he didn't have the mental wherewithal to understand that he was so close to dying. Like he didn't under, when he was in the hospital, he didn't understand how close to dying he was. Right. Um, so the bullet had entered behind his ear. Mm-hmm. It went straight through his windpipe and jaw and then exited out through his cheek on the other side. So it kind of went. Yeah. Wow. Um, And it wasn't until like much later that he had heard how the bullet had chipped one of his vertebrae. And that had it had passed straight through his windpipe so if the bullet had been another inch or a few millimeters closer to his vertebrae he would be dead or paralyzed right um so the county prosecutor was trying they didn't want to take this case to trial they wanted it closed and done so that neither dan or danielle needed to go to trial but william babner refused to admit to being guilty stupid so because he refused to plead guilty um they had to go to trial and during the trial uh he claimed he was not guilty despite the copious amounts of evidence that the police had proved had proving his guilt um they also had both dan and danielle testify about what happened to them which was very traumatic i can imagine um but at the end of the trial in august of 2000 the jury took one hour to deliberate before finding him guilty on all counts um, he was sentenced to 117 to 235 years in prison for his crimes. Um, and the the attorney, the district attorney said to, when this happened today was the first step for putting a monster on ice for a very long time. Ooh. So Dan and Danielle, right yeah. after the incident, they stayed in touch for a little bit, but their relationship just wasn't what it could have been. Um, Dan said that he suffered a lot of guilt and depression for not being able to help her or save her, and mm-hmm. he kind of pulled away. Uh-huh. And then Danielle had a struggled really hard going back to college. She had um, a hard time being around men, and she didn't know that she didn't know and didn't really want to be around anybody she didn't know. 
until her roommate actually kind of forced her, talked her into going to a rally for rape survivors and hearing them tell their stories empowered her and helped her to move on. So after they had both like a couple of years and they had both like had some time to heal, right? they had reconnected and um, basically kind of started a new relationship over, but it was just as like best friends. So Dan had met a woman at college who helped him kind of heal and they got married in 2007. And then spring of her junior year, Danielle's roommate introduced her to Kevin McGuire and they connected instantly and he proposed to her a couple years later. And at their wedding, the police chief, the men who rescued Dan and Danny, including the duck hunter and Dan were all guests at the wedding. So um, Danielle, I'm just ending each this with a statement from each of them. So Danielle said, I'm so happy that I made it to where I am today. The gratefulness that I have for my beautiful baby girl and my husband that I have. I don't have to think about what happened to me every day. It doesn't define me anymore. I have learned how to make it a part of who I am. It has made me a better person. And then Dan ended by saying, Danielle and I are forever intertwined. There's like a connection that no one else can ever take away from us. She's always going to be a part of my life. Yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine it's kind of hard to be with a person that kind of reminds you of the worst day of your life, even if they are like the best part of that worst day. Right. Every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I can can see that. And I can imagine his guilt for like, he was right there and he didn't do anything. And yeah, like that's his thought. But what can he do? But both of their thoughts were if I do something, he could kill the other person. Keeping the other one alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That was a good one. How have I not heard that before? I looked up survivor stories and I have a bunch now that I want to do because it's it's amazing to me how many people are shot in the face and survive. Mm -hmm. Like a parent trauma people can go through and still like. Yeah. But like I found like seven that were she was shot in the face. Like, apparently there's not a lot of important things in your face. I I could have sworn there were, but. Yeah, you know, and it's like the angle of things because. Yeah. Well, and like that bullet that went in his ear, it literally made a U. Yeah. Like the trajectory of how it hit and then bounced around inside of him made a U out of his body. Like, it's just crazy to me weird but madness madness that's my story good job oh thanks yeah gift card and timber lodge in here focus my add what can i do for you what can you do for me i was just waiting for you to ask me about my story so i could tell you my story didn't i ask you about your story no you said you're you're king I Henry, swear to God, I said, gonna, are you going to tell me your story now? No. I, I must have just, it. I must have just thought it. And then we talked about the thing and then you did this as I was waiting for you to say that. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> are you going to tell me your story now? I, I sure can. Oh Look, God, I'm so excited. I've been waiting with worms on my tongue. Worms on your tongue. Baited breath. <laughs> God, you're terrible. One of my dad's jokes. <laughs> Sounds like a Tom joke. It was definitely a Tom joke. <laughs> um, so I saw a little blip of this on one of my like little YouTube compilation videos that I watched. I was like, well, that's interesting. Never heard of that. And when the video was made, it was a not quite solved thing. And so it's relatively recent because they just got um this whole thing got kind of figured out in 2018. So it was interesting. Tell me more. Tell me more about your story. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about Juan Carlos Hernandez and Patricia Martinez. So they are a couple. They are also known as the monsters of Utapec. Oh, I've heard this. Have you? Mm -hmm. I had not heard of this. It was one of those things that I saw their face and as I was like, ooh, you are evil bitches. But continue, because I, I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but I don't know of it. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, 
Yudepec is a suburb of Mexico City. It's the largest one. It has 1.6 million people living in this suburb of Ugh. Mexico City. I can't imagine living straight up on top of each other. It's got to be. So uh, the area is a hotbed for violent crimes, especially towards women. Um, for example, in 2017, a female, a female, whether it be a girl or a woman, was murdered every 30 hours. That's just over one a day or just under one a day. Ew. Yeah. How gross is that? Um, so, and this yeah. is where that, like, I don't know if you've seen those, um, when they do protests and picketing, like some of the like women's marches, they have those like femicide, femicide, when it's talking yeah. about female homicide mm -hmm. and it all kind of derived from this area because that's where they started like basically naming it that because it's such an issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the spring of 2018, uh, I mean, this got resolved in 2019, I think actually, anyway, spring of 2018, there were some really weird questionable things starting to happen on top of like the already terrible stuff that was happening. Okay. So on the morning of April 25th, 2018, 23 year old Arleto Olguin. Some of these names, I'm like, I heard them say them in some things, but they said them different in two different things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that, like, where I had to, like, fact check different articles for different stuff. There was nothing on the Wikipedia. There, It was just, it was interesting. It was probably the most, like, deep dive-esque search I had to do, where I read, like, more than 10 articles about it, because everything had a little bit different or a little bit more mm -hmm. in it. So... Um, Arletto was dropping off her son, and after she dropped off her son, she stopped to get tamales for her two younger children, okay, oh, for lunch. So she stopped at a tamale stand, and then right around noon that day, her mother, her mother, so Arletto's mother, got a call from the school saying that she had never dropped her daughter off for kindergarten, because her daughter had, like, a later start kindergarten, and she just never showed up. And so since Arletto wasn't answering the phone, they called the mother to make sure that everything was okay, mm -hmm. normal, like, check-in stuff. Um, so she went over to her house. The mother went over to her house, and she found the two kids, the two younger kids there, home alone, eating tamales. Mom so she, was nowhere to be found. So she got home with the tamales. Yep, she got home with the tamales, must have started, like, feeding her kids, uh, but she was nowhere to be found when grandma showed up to check on her and the kids. Okay. So, um, Arletta was nowhere to be found. Her family knew that she would never just up and leave her kids alone, so they tried, they reported her missing, like, as soon as they were able to, and this, like, didn't really lead to anything. For example, so they went... They started investigating it, but the way that the system works in Mexico, it took them like two months just to get her phone, cell phone records to see where she was at and what she called and all the numbers and stuff. It's so fucking um, annoying. Right? So there was like little to no movement in the case. And three months after she disappeared, Evelyn Rojas, um, in July of 2018, uh, was 29, and she left her two children with her ex-husband, telling him that she was going to meet a woman to buy some discounted used clothes for the kids, and she just never came back. Oh, no. Um, so uh, they reported her missing because her ex-husband was like, this is weird because she said she'd be right back after this much time or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she he called their fa her family, and then they reported her missing. Um, then five weeks after that, on September 6th, Nancy Vutro left her home with her three kids, dropped her two older daughters off at school, and then headed home. But she didn't make it home. Okay. Later that day, her family was called and told that she hadn't picked her kids up from school. They had no idea anything was wrong, mm -hmm. um, except that her kids were still at school after school was done because nobody came to pick them up. Right. 
and so they called and reported both her and the baby that she had with her missing. Okay. And they pushed to get the police to put out an Amber Alert for the baby because it would just push things forward a bit more too. Mm-hmm. And the police, like they said they couldn't, I don't know if it's something to do with like the way that everything was set up, but they said they couldn't because the baby was with their, with its mother. So it wasn't considered a kidnapped baby. But the mom is missing. Her, right. But that's, they, they didn't do an Amber Alert because of that. No, I know. The police continued investigating all of these disappearances, and it took just forever. Just to get all three of the women's phone records took months. And they found that all three of them had contacted the same married couple not too long before their disappearance, Juan Carlos and Patricia Martinez. This Uh motherfucker. So Juan Carlos was 33 at that time, and Patricia was 28. They had met 10 years earlier. Patricia was a waitress at a bar, and Juan Carlos was a patron. So he asked her out, and they began dating and married and had four kids, okay? Okay. Um, This is where we're at now, 10 years later. Eventually, they had opened a family shop where they sold clothing, perfumes, and cell phones. Weird little mix of stuff, but that's what it said in a couple articles so we went with it okay um on october 4th of 2018 the police were watching the couple because they were the con like the connection between the three women Mm -hmm. um so they were surveilling the couple and they witnessed them pushing a baby stroller the authorities assumed that maybe nancy's baby that was missing was in the stroller Mm -hmm. and so they stopped the couple looked in the stroller there was no baby in it rather there was a stinking plastic bag filled with human body parts. <gasps> yeah. Just in the baby stroller as like a guise of moving them. Gross. Yeah. I yeah. Ew. Your, your face, I wish people could see it because that's how I felt as soon as I got to that point in the story. Yeah. So they were arrested, obviously. Well, God, I would hope so. <laughs> and they're oh, that came out in Oh, God, I would hope so. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh golly, Gene Willikers, Mister, you're really strong. It's real strong. Uh, so they searched their home after that, and they found a lot more, just a lot more just stuff, a lot of body parts. They found eight 20-liter plastic buckets filled with (laughs) cement and human remains. So, presumably, they were trying to encase them in cement so they could throw them into bodies of water, Mm -hmm. and they'd sink. Okay? Throw the bodies into bodies. Bodies into bodies. (laughs) They also found more plastic-wrapped parts stored in their refrigerator. Ew. And even more parts abandoned in properties nearby yep. so dude right a couple of the um buckets were found in like neighboring abandoned houses and because this place was run down there was a lot of were a lot of like squatting spaces mm-hmm. that people would just find and so you just want your quads to look real nice you gotta squat squatting glutes you just gotta squat everybody just has to squat in these places but yeah so they we're just basically putting them wherever they could, but the main big hub of junk was in their basement. That's so gross. Like, why? 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 I never understand. I will never understand how storing putrid human remains in your house sounds like a good idea. I don't know. I don't like, know. If they not know killing people them. is like the best idea, but like, once you've done it, like, just get. My assumption is because there's so many people in this city, oh, they didn't know how to get rid of them other than like take them a short distance and put them someplace. It's so gross. so that's why they were in like surrounding properties, not any further than that. I don't like. It. I know. I I agree. Let's I'm move just- on. <laughs> so the couple was interviewed by police, and they confessed like almost right off the bat. Kind of kind of crazy. You got me. <laughs> right. Oh. Shit, I mean, I don't know what they would say. Like, Those your house is... They were there when I got here. Not even my house. 
I'm not me. I'm Mrs. Iglesias. Exactly. <laughs> so Juan Carlos knew, knew and shared intimate details of 10 different murders that he claimed that, but he also claimed that they had killed up to 20 women. Those were just the ones like most recent. Um, he said the first happened January 10th of 2012, which was six and a half years before that. They lured 26-year-old Fabiola Riaz into the, their home, promising a job opportunity. They were going to hire her as a cleaning lady. And Juan Carlos brought her to the bathroom and, like, showing her the house as a cleaning lady, right? Mm-hmm. Um, brought her to the bathroom, and that's where he attacked her. And I don't know. So later on, he I know he rapes the victims before and after death <gasps> times um, it didn't say specifically for this one if she was raped i would assume so though just because mm-hmm. of his but um and then he killed her with a large knife and dismembered her body um during this patricia took the kids outside there were kids in the house they had four kids oh <gasps> ew yep so she just took the kids that outside. That went right over my head the first time you said it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Me too. I totally like read through that. And then afterwards when I was reading like part of their confession and she said she just took the kids outside. I was like, oh my God, they had kids. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Ugh. So their second victim, I don't mean to be like upbeat. I feel like that came out like, all right, so let's get to the next thing. Anyway, their second victim. God damn it. Okay. So their second victim was a neighbor of theirs. Um, this was a woman that was addicted to inhalants. I don't believe she was named. Um, she was raped, decapitated, and dismembered in their bathroom as well. I will never understand how people can dismember other people because like if i hit a bunny i'm sad like right (laughs) no that's what i mean like i feel bad smushing spiders in my house because i know they eat bad bugs and like squirrels or like because my car is a magnet for small woodland animals so like i kill them on the daily and i'm like oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry little right it's i don't i don't understand i will never understand so one of the claims that I read about this victim is that Patricia said she cooked this woman's body into chili. Uh, uh, yep, pretty much. Sorry um, about my gagging noises, people. <laughs> so after that, that's when they started doing the um, I'm going to sell you kids clothes at a discount ruse. So Patricia began to lure single mothers into her home under the guise of selling children's clothes to them. And once they came in, Juan Carlos would attack them. Most of the time, sexually assault them before and after death, like I said. And then he would dismember the bodies. Ew. Um, Why? They, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, they claimed that they sold some of the bones to practitioners of Santeria. You can't practice Santeria. Oh, Lord. You ain't got no crystal ball. I had a million dollars, but I... I spent, I spent it all. all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Little, little break for a song. Just Sorry, every time, any time that comes up in a story, that's the first song that pops into my head. <laughs> so, they said that they would sell bones to santeria practitioners right Mm -hmm. and then they said that they also sold nancy's missing baby to a couple um god the police later found that found the baby she was unharmed right you can't just you can't just do that you can't just sell a baby (laughs) i feel like there's worse things they've done i suppose (laughs) so the police found her unharmed she was with this couple um, and then she went to live with her maternal grandmother. This couple got arrested because they, they were aware. bought a baby? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, uh, I'll get to it. But so after she was found, she was sent to her maternal grandmother to live. Um, along with selling the bones of their victims, they said that they would use the meat 
whether it be feeding it to their dogs. More specifically, they were saying, like, a lot of articles said that they stated feeding the hearts of their victims to their dogs. Um, Ew. And they would even cook it and eat them eat it themselves, just like she said she cooked it into chili. Ew. So I wonder if this they were feeding it to their kids, too. This story is fucking gross. I told you! I said it's kind of grisly! <laughs> Yuck, Amanda! I'm sorry, I thought it was interesting. You know how I like weird, gross things? You're grody. Hey, I clean it up really nice for you most weeks, okay? I would do stories like this all the time if it didn't gross you out. I clean it up really nice for you most weeks, okay? <laughs> I clean it up really nice for you, all right? I said you were grody, and then you're like, I clean it up really nice for you most weeks, okay? <laughs> Whoa, hey <laughs> So, after they both got questioned, they were examined by doctors psychologically and physically. Um, Juan Carlos said that when he was a child, his mother would dress him as a girl in girls clothes even though he didn't want to be dressed as a girl Mm -hmm. um he was made to watch her have sex with multiple different men um he had also suffered a severe head injury so he has like all the telltale signs of future serial killer the triangle or whatever it is Uh uh-huh um so at 10 he had a severe head injury and he also claimed that he had been sexually abused by a female caretaker when he was a kid. Um, his reasoning, quotations around this, was, quote, I killed them because they were pretty. He also said, quote, Thank God I'm ugly. <laughs> you are not, you fucking liar. <laughs> he also said, quote, if I get out of jail, I'm going to be killing women. <laughs> It was said by professionals that he would be, with the way things are, if he was to be in the United States, he would have been classified as a psychopath. Oh, yeah. Um, He clearly had absolutely no remorse for anything Mm -hmm. at all. Very Richard Um, Ramirez. mm Mm-hmm. Another quote of his was, quote, I prefer the little dogs eating meat from those women than continuing, than them continuing to breathe my oxygen. Ew. What a dick. He's a classy guy. Um, So it was determined by the doctors that Patricia was mentally disabled as well. Um, She worked as a sex worker during their marriage. Um, They also said that both of them suffered from mental disorders, a.k.a. the psychopathy, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, I read in a couple different... I read a couple different like takes on their demeanor during their court proceedings. Okay. Um, people said that they acted playful and like goofy and giddy. It was the first time they had been together because they got tried together, been together since they had been arrested, and they almost seemed to be like flirting with each other without like talking, like giggling yeah. at each other and smiling and like little side eyes and stuff. I also read that Juan Carlos dozed off in court a few times. What a fuck seemed face. completely unmoved. Like, they, one of the descriptions said, if he wasn't looking at the floor, he was looking at the ceiling and rolling his eyes. So, he, he's such a shithead. I just, like, oh, hold on, hang on, y'all. Go ahead. Ah. Just get it all out there, kid. Look you at could? how bloated my face is right now because of my fucking period. You know, it doesn't help when you do this. Look how bloated my face is right now. <laughs> she tucks her head back. Look, I have a chin when I push it out. There you go. Just sit like that forever and a day. All right. So one of the mothers of the victims had called their behavior during tr- the trial mocking. Well, yeah. Like, it was just... Everything I read, it just made me go, God, I don't know how somebody didn't jump over and just beat the shit out of them. Because they were just being, just being completely heartless. Um, I mean, not that any of the things they did made them seem like they would be moved by anything that happened. Um, The defense attempted to claim that there was no conclusive evidence against them when it came to the human trafficking because of selling the baby. 
but that was easily debunked because the couple who was arrested told them that they confirmed their participation. They knew that they were selling the baby. So they knew who they were. They knew what they were doing. Ew. So they had, they had evidence that they had done it. They were saying, well, you can't prove that somebody else didn't just have the baby and give it to them or they didn't take the baby or, Mm -hmm. um, they, they were charged um, convicted and sentenced for eight different counts. I tried to find like what the specific counts were. It was like human trafficking and I didn't see anything that said homicide. So I was really confused. So I'm like, this can't be right. Mm -hmm. Or any like killing or whatever. It was like the only ones I saw were, um, the human trafficking and then the, like something of a corpse, like the abuse of a corpse. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm like, this can't be right because they got sentenced for these eight different things and they received over 300 years in prison for each of them. So there had to be more than just that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just listed out the known victims at the end, um, because they say they have 20 and there are only the like four that they were able to have any like yeah anything to you know charge them with um nancy solero um arlette olgi olgin i can't say that olgin yeah that sounds right um evelyn rojas and luz del carmen miranda who was 13 she disappeared in 2012 so she was was just a little baby right so she was one of the ones that um one of the first ones that they killed Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if she was the neighbor oh, maybe. that got into huffing and that's what I was guessing because they didn't name it in the articles but then it didn't specify that this was the neighbor but it's the same year okay so um but yeah and that's I mean that's it they're trying to it's still like an active case in the other deaths that they claim they've done and they're trying to find more of their like links to more of the victims that they claim they have but I just was like oh holy shit I haven't heard of this before and then I started actually reading articles that were updated and I'm like holy shit that's a lot more than that video had because the little video just had like a five minute clip on this is so and so they are the 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 the, the." and in the beginning of the video because it was a suspected serial killers that were um, mm-hmm. captured in 2018 um it was like a compilation of them and in the beginning of the video they said nobody's proven or it's proven guilty until you know mm-hmm. in a court of law or whatever and like they had to do that whole warning and then now that i read it and they have more details and they have more stuff i'm like holy fucking shit that was a lot of shitty shit yeah without having a lot of detail like that's my most frustrating part is i'm like i feel like it had details but I don't know how much I trust all the details because it was a little bit different in all of the different articles that I read yeah and uh that's the one like downside to this like digging into international cases some countries don't have as much like rain on how things get exposed and so it's like I don't know what to trust what not to trust so I just tried to compile things as much as I could to make sense to the timeline that I had found that seemed the most correct mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah no it did but yeah so I don't know it was it was a lot and a little all at the same time a lot <laughs> and a little well you did good kid that was a good story really fucking gross but good job <laughs> hey thanks <laughs> hey thanks we're really fucking gross but great <laughs> really fucking gross but great so it went from funny story in the beginning to a survivor story to a icky ew. story. To, ew, so, I'm just leaving everybody on sick. on a negative note, you guys are fucking welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your week, kids. <laughs> Happy hump day. Hey. I'm sorry about Wednesday. Whoop, 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 it's like the bloop have you heard of that the under the sea bloop 
they have recordings under the sea and there's a giant bloop that's too loud to be created by anything they know that makes oh. sounds under the sea and it just sounds like a giant bloop but it shows up really loud on the like undersea recording so it's not any sort of animal they know of yet oh weird no i did not know look it that. up look up the bloop <laughs> look up the bloop <laughs> it's really fucking weird it's you just can learn like something they, you learn something new every day it's like when they uh um they did a drill into the ground i believe and then they put a recorder down there and it sounds like things are screaming and they said it sounds like hell basically so that's creepy ew i don't like look that. that up too look up to, why don't you just look up strange audio recordings okay i'll do that okay <laughs> everybody have a great day thanks for listening yeah guys like and follow and do all the stuff on the things with the the internet be the safe. internet <laughs> right be safe don't give any personal information like don't we're gonna... random people on myspace guys uh-uh uh-uh. Mm-mm. It's a bad idea. On MySpace. Is MySpace even a thing anymore? I don't fucking know. <laughs> on on the book either, on the Facebook. On the book of face. Don't be don't be getting all friendly with people you can't prove any realistic details on. Hey. Hey. Spread the word. Spread yourselves. Have a great week. Bye, friends. <laughs> okay, bye.